welcome back to the Fantasy Football Advocate Podcast and the Sack Attack Fantasy Football Advocate Podcast. It is the Josh Kelly slanderer here, and we're basically going to go over the free agent wide receivers, some of the guys that we like. Sack, how are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Ready to talk about free agent wide receivers, where they can land, and of course, the most important part, Sammy Watkins slander. Absolutely. If you want to get right into Sammy Watkins slander. All right, so imagine being the wide receiver two for the Kansas City Chiefs, perhaps one of the greatest offenses of all time, with Patrick Mahomes as your QB, perhaps one of the greatest QBs of all time, certainly one of the most talented, and still sucking, and then claiming that you're the reason that the last two teams before this season, he claimed that he was the reason that he wanted to go, how do I put this? He's, I can't remember the exact phrase he said but it was like i want to go to another team and take him to a super bowl again like he is single-handedly the person who did that he was on the rams when the rams lost against the patriots and then he played on the team when the chiefs won their super bowl and he takes too much credit for it let's be honest he's not good if you are the wide receiver two in the chiefs offense and you're still not good there's no hope left for you and let's put it this way. The wide receiver two on that team is Tyreek Hill. The wide receiver one is Travis Kelsey. But the wide receiver three is actually Byron Pringle. So anyways, let's get right into <laughs> the free agents and the guys that we want to talk about. And the first, we're basically going to put this into basically tiers. We'll kind of have um, the timestamps when we have it uh, listed. But we're basically going to get into the elite fantasy wide receivers um, with the top three. And then some of the wide receiver twos. And then some of the guys that we like later. Guys like T.Y. Hilton, Curtis Samuel, Marvin Jones, but we'll get into that later. Let's start with the number one guy, and that is Chris Godwin. And w- what kind of your, are your thoughts on him in terms of fantasy and what kind of landing spots you see and what ideally is the most likely for you? All right, so as far as Chris Godwin goes, great fantasy asset. I feel like the, both of the top three on this list that we made are elite wide receiver one types who they could go to any team and command targets and potentially be a good elite wide receiver one if given a good offense, a good QB. Chris Godwin, though, is, in my opinion, probably the best on this list after just winning a Super Bowl. And I like Chris Godwin a lot. He was Some people thought he kind of underperformed this year. I feel like he did pretty decent still. I will take him again and again in fantasy. As far as moves that can be made and implications on it, I feel like most likely what will happen is that Chris Godwin will probably re-sign with the Buccaneers. Uh, Mike Evans himself has said that he will take a pay cut to to try and keep the team together. I feel like Mike Evans will keep his word on that and it will help uh, Chris Godwin get signed and keep the Bucs Super Bowl championship team together. Um, If Chris Godwin does leave, though, one player that I feel like everybody should be watching out for, and if you're in Dynasty Leagues right now, some guy, a guy you need to be on your trade radar, if he is available on your waiver wire, which he shouldn't be, but if he is, just check Tyler Johnson. He is like the wide receiver three or four. No, he's technically like the four or five on the team because their receiver core is so stacked. But both Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin are free agents. If one or both of them leaves, Tyler Johnson has a good chance to become a starter and have a starting role in the Buccaneers' back or offense with Tom Brady at QB. So 
his value could change significantly. Uh, like I said, though, I don't see a lot of different landing spots for Chris Godwin. I expect him to be re-signed, basically. Absolutely. So, uh, like you said, I basically have the Bucks as the preferred uh, the preferred landing spot in terms of what Chris Godwin will do. In my opinion, though, if he ends up in, the, in, the, in Indianapolis, I'm not against it. Um, I think that's really the only other landing spot that I could really see it is if they just dump a huge amount of money on him. The wide receiver core in Indy is they've spent a lot of draft capital with Michael Pittman, with Paris Campbell, guys like that. But they haven't really had an alpha wide receiver. So if they're able to pay money to get that next to Michael Pittman. I think that's something that they could consider. And for fantasy, that allows Godwin to be the wide receiver one on the team. So that's something to realize. But I do think he ends up back in Tampa Bay. And in Tampa Bay, what fantasy value does he offer you? I mean, he was 15th in fantasy points per game at 15.9. Um, he's going to continue to stay at his pace. He's actually younger than Terry McLaurin. So in Dynasty, he's, in my opinion, he's a top 12 wide receiver next to Mike Evans, although he's younger. So I think as long as you have Tom Brady there, and then if Tom Brady has one or two more years, you're looking at Chris Godwin in Tampa Bay as still a high-end wide receiver too so that's something that i am a huge fan of although i do think alan robinson is the top wide receiver on the board in free agency this year oh that's that's a really good point i i like that a lot uh like i said though for a dynasty deep dive type of player tyler johnson keep your eyes out scotty miller's another one but i feel like tyler johnson is more the type of receiver that can take more of an outside rule and be be more of the alpha elite wide receiver if given the opportunity than Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller is going to be more or less like a slot receiver. Slot receivers are still valuable for fantasy, of course, but if you look at the top fantasy performers, most of the time they are the ones that command targets on the outside. Yeah, I will say Tyler Johnson is more of a slot wide receiver. He was at Minnesota and he was here. Um, whenever Chris Godwin was out or Antonio Brown, as a matter of fact, when both of them are out, Tyler Johnson was kind of that slot wide receiver. So speaking of Allen Robinson, as we get into it, he is our basically our second wide receiver that we're going to cover on this list. And Robinson could really go anywhere. I mean, the Bears are a little bit over the cap. I'm pretty sure they're at around $11 million over the cap currently. And that's without signing Mitchell Trubisky. That's without re-signing Allen Robinson. So I think Allen Robinson more than likely ends up on another team. And we'll kind of go through those. Um, I have the Jags as one of the landing spots, um, the Jets and the Ravens. Now, the Ravens is a little interesting. I have a hunch that they could do a, a tag and trade. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's a franchise tag. So basically gives them another year. And they could trade for a guy like Orlando Brown and kind of solve their offensive tackle problems, which I think is almost as big of a problem as a quarterback for the, for the Bears. So in each of those situations, they provide you with a different um, look on things. Obviously, the Jets would be with either Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold, or a Deshaun Watson if they end up making that move. The Jags, not really. I don't really like the fit for that. But I do think it's a possibility considering the Jags are number one in cap space at $77 million over there, under the cap. And then the Ravens, I think a lot of people would like it more than I would. Um, I think some of the wide receivers on that team, especially when they lack separation, I don't think it's their fault. Um, I think Miles Boykin just doesn't fit that team. Um, I think Kenny Galladay might be a better fit for the Ravens. But I think Robinson, for his, his fantasy impact, I think is best on the, the New York Jets. And that's ultimately what, where I have him signing. Uh, what do you think? Uh, that's pretty interesting. Uh, I could definitely see it happening. Um, 
Alan Alan Robinson though, right? What's your do you think he stays in Chicago? Do you, what what chance would you give him? Like if you had a percentage chance, what would you give him? I would probably give it around a 10%. I think he liked being in in Chicago, but I think you're going to see this. I think a few wide receivers on this list will take one-year deals with a CBA um, or with the CBA, not the CBA, with the salary cap going down. I think a lot of te- free agents, top free agents, will take one-year deals and then sign a multi-year extension in the next offseason when COVID's gone. If we expect COVID, if COVID is gone at that point, they're able to take on a higher multi-level um, contract. So I think that's something to keep in mind. I think A-Rob is one of those players that could be in play for a one-year deal. But I think there's a 10% chance that he ends up back in Chicago. Right. Uh, personally, myself, I was thinking that similarly, but I think that the chance that Robinson stays is next to none. Um, it's probably, I'd say probably one, two percent. Like, I don't really see it happening. I feel like Alan Robinson probably wants out of Chicago personally. Um, as far as landing spots though, go though, I feel there's so many wide receiver needy teams, but who in reality can pay them cap? I feel like the Colts is an interesting one. I believe they have some salary cap. Uh, the Houston Texans need a wide receiver. I don't think it's going to happen, though, because then again, you have the whole Watson situation going on. Raiders need a wide receiver. Uh, I would love the Packers to sign Robinson, but we simply don't have the cap to do that. As far as it goes, though, pretty much regardless of where Robinson goes, if you look at it this way, I think it's almost guaranteed that he's going to be at least a, like a top 15, 20 receiver, regardless. We've seen him play with the Jacksonville Jaguars. We've seen him play with the Chicago Bears. He's done well regardless of team, no matter how good or bad they are, regardless of QB, no matter how good or bad they are. Allen Robinson is about the most situation-proof wide receiver in the league. He can perform under any circumstances. I would say he's similar to DeAndre Hopkins in that kind of respect. And again, I feel like Allen Robinson has one of the safer floors that you can have as far as without without factoring in situation. So no, I agree with that. And so, some of the some of the teams with cap space, um, with the Jaguars and Jets, I, I think can be in play. Washington's a team to keep in mind, uh thirty eight million. I think they pursue some of the wide receivers we'll talk about later. because um, I don't think they need a an alpha next to Terry McLaurin, but that is something that I like. Um, the Packers is like kind of a dream next to um, next to uh, Devontae Adams, but I don't expect it to happen. Um, but yeah, no, I'm a huge fan of some of the fits. And uh, as you said, I mean, Allen Robinson has performed with Blake Bortles. Allen Robinson has performed with Mitchell Trubisky, the MVP. Um, and so uh, in reality, he can perform well with anyone. Can an offensive scheme kind of hurt him? Yes. So I think that's something to keep in mind with like a Baltimore Ravens team. If they don't scheme him open, if they don't scheme to be able to get him the ball, he's not really going to perform well. So I think that's one thing to keep in mind. All right. And then the next player we're going to talk about is Kenny Galladay, a.k.a. Oh, my leg hurts, but it's a contract issue. Um, Kind of talking about Kenny Galladay, really. One big year production. And then this year comes around. He played well when he was on the field. And then basically, I, I think it's a contract issue. But I don't think he's going to 
if it's with his within his own power, I don't think he's going to land back with the Lions. There is a likelihood, though, that he does get franchise tagged. Uh, what, what are you thinking? Do you think it's something where he does get franchise tagged, or do you think they let him walk for the future of the, the Lions? Um, personally, if I was in charge of the Lions, I would let him walk for reasons of the franchise, for rebuilding purposes. Let's be honest. The only reason this trade happened with Goff is simply to get them into rebuild mode. Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford's time with the Lions is done. He's now a Ram. And they're going full rebuild mode. They're, they're eating Jared Goff's terrible contract. They got some draft picks, two firsts, and I believe either a second or third. I'm not, I can't remember. But for the sake of the team, what they should do is not do the same thing that Kenny Galladay. It, do not pay Kenny Galladay when you don't have to. He's probably not going to be part of the long-term future anyway. So I would let him walk. The franchise tag would also be a little spendy for Kenny Galladay. I feel like he's good, but I would not say he's worth like the, I think, what's the franchise tag? The average of the top 10 highest salary, something like that. Top five, top 10. So I still feel like that's a little pricey for Kenny Galladay even. So if it was me, I would let Kenny Galladay walk. And honestly, I could see the same thing happening with Marvin Jones. Same. And um, here's the thing with, with Kenny Galladay. I have this hunch that he... he will team up with either Jameis Winston or Ryan Fitzpatrick in Chicago. And I have a hunch feeling about that for no particular reason. I mean, does it is that likely to happen? Probably not. But just think, Ryan Fitzpatrick or Jameis Winston, who don't give two cares in the world if they throw a pick, next to Kenny Galladay, who has one of the best vertical skills in the NFL, sign me up. Like, that is a dream. That is a subtle dream Like that most people wouldn't take for granted. But, dude, that would be insane. What do you think about that? No, I like that a lot, actually. Both, yeah, like you said, Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick are basically careless gunslingers. That's what you can call them. They they throw the football far and deep, and they don't really care who's there. They're just like, well, you know, Galladay's down there somewhere. Hill's down there somewhere. That's the type. That's the type of QBs they are. I could see it. Is it likely to happen? Like you mentioned, like you said. It really isn't. All the pieces would have to fall just in place for it to happen. But I feel like if you could have any type type of a dream scenario, I feel like that could definitely be sub cool and interesting to see. And honestly, Ryan Fitzpatrick next to Darnell Mooney and Kenny Galladay, like that team's gonna put up when he picked, but that team's gonna put up a ton of deep bombs like that's actually going to be something that's going to be fun to watch it's kind of funny they're either going to score like six points or then they're going to score like 30 you know it's funny the fantasy defense is either going to score one or it's going to score 35 like you never, you never know if the <laughs> right, fantasy right. defenses that they'll go up against exactly but what what team do you think uh kenny galladay ends up on well, I I already expressed that I don't think he stays with the Lions. I feel like, again, like I said, the Lions are in rebuild mode. There's not a good reason to re-sign or franchise tag the guy if he's not part of your long-term future. And again, the only reason they got Jared Goff was to eat the contract, have him as a bridge QB, and get the draft picks. Uh, as a team, I could see him going to the Colts. Colts is probably going to be pretty popular. Uh, pick on this podcast with T.Y. Hillen as a free agent and really other than that they have Pittman and Paris Campbell who I believe are good and I'm taking shots at them late in fantasy 
but they really haven't quite proved themselves, whether it be with injury concerns or just poor play. They haven't quite proved themselves yet, but I still feel like they have a shot. But I could easily see the Colts, who have a little bit of, so I'm pretty sure a little bit of cap space, to bring in a weapon for the new QB, Carson Wentz, that with the trade that happened just a few days ago. I agree. And uh, I mean, the Colts are a, kind of a team that could be on the market for literally every single one of these options. Outside of Antonio Brown, I don't think they move on or move with him legitimately any other wide receiver that we talk about on this list, you'll hear at least the Colts mentioned um, because of how much cap they have. And they're kind of in win now mode compared to the Jags, Jets and Patriots who are all at 60 million, but the Colts in win now mode at 43 million, you're going to see that happen a lot. Now, speaking of a wide receiver um, that gets injured a lot and uh, misses, is reliable to miss a quarter of the season. Let's talk about Royd himself, Will Fuller. What's kind of your dream scenario? And then what do you think is the most likely? So dream scenario for me again would be Green Bay Packers. I feel like it's the type of player that the Packers are missing in their wide receiver core. If you were to look at the Green Bay Packers wide receiver core right now, you have arguably one of the best receivers in the league in Devontae Adams. And then you have a bunch of 6'3 or taller wide receivers who can run fast. You got Alan Lazard, you got MBS. Those are the type of players we have. What we need is... A fast guy, a slot kind of receiver, kind of gadget type player. Um, I feel like Will Fuller and another player I'm going to mention later, uh, I'm not going to spoil it yet, are two targets that I feel like would make tons of sense for the Green Bay Packers. You can have them line up in the backfield or like do these jet sweeps with like Tyreek Hill type stuff that they do in Kansas City. That's the type of receiver we need. So dream scenario for me would be Will Fuller to the Packers. How likely do I think it is going to happen? I'm not super, I don't think it will happen, but it would be a dream come true. And then what What kind of is your realistic team? Like, what do you expect him, or what do you expect him to sign with? Obviously, I don't think you expect him to sign back with Houston, do you? No, I, I really don't. After what happened there with him and Bradley Roby, and really the entire Texans organization falling apart in general, um, I feel they already got rid of J.J. Watt. They're kind of being stingy with Watson, although I think eventually they may cut ties with him, hopefully. He deserves to be freed from that organization. And yeah, I don't see I don't see any reason why they'd keep Will Fuller. They're probably going to clear house, except that they are not a good team, and then try to build for the future, is which they should do. It's for a realistic team. Um... I, how do I put this? I this is kind of a sneaky one. Again, not super likely to happen, but is I think is a little more realistic than the Packers. I could actually see the Patriots maybe making a move for him. What what's your thoughts on that? I can actually see it. I mean, they're I think with the Patriots is I'm not sure that they're in win now mode, and we don't know what's going to go on with their quarterback, with their wide receiver group. Is Nikhil Harry ever going to be good? No. Um, that's a question that we have. No. <laughs> hey, Nikhil Harry, Nikhil Harry at one point was better than Brendan Ayuk at Arizona State. But anyways, um, Will Fuller, I think to me, the Patriots actually make a little bit of sense considering the cap room that they have. I think an underrated spot for him is um, Washington, although I think he's a little similar to Terry McLaurin. To me, Miami makes the most sense. And as a Miami fan, you can call me biased. You can do whatever you want. I'll, I'll wait for it in the comments. But 
Miami, what they really lack. I mean, they have Preston, or they have Devontae Parker, Preston Williams. Um, they'll probably even draft Jamar Chase or some other big body wide receiver. But think about it. Will Fuller in the middle um, is going to be able to take the top off the defense. Obviously, Gasicki is going to stay in the middle of the field. Parker's going to be on the deep end or stay intermediate. Will Fuller can take the top off the defense in the NFL in yards per target at 11.7. And then seventh in fantasy points per game. So in Miami, is his production going to go down? Absolutely. Anywhere he goes outside of Houston, I think his fantasy production goes down. He, there's no way he's going to average 17.2. Fantasy points per game on any other team other than the Houston Texans. But I think it's going to be better for him to win a championship, and it's going to be a better culture than whatever Houston has. Speaking of bad cultures, though, uh, let's talk about the most loved player in the NFL. And by that, I mean the most hated player in the NFL, and that is Juju Smith-Schuster. Ah, uh, yes, Juju so what, what Smith-Schuster. <laughs> um, so he's apparently not very good at football, but he's very good at making TikTok videos on team logos before the game. Claypool is better. Yeah, Claypool is not only better at football, but his TikTok game is also better, and that's actually more important. So, um, no, Juju Smith-Schuster. As far as landing spots, I've heard lots of different things about Juju ending up maybe going to a team like the Raiders. I feel like this makes a lot of sense as well. There's literally nothing there for the Raiders. They tried to fix their wide receiver group in the draft last year. With Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards, neither of them played well their rookie year. Doesn't mean they can't turn it around, but after trying so hard to fix that wide receiver group by spending, I believe, a first and a third, and it not looking very good in one year, they're probably going to take some drastic measures to try and continue to fix the problem until they see something positive come out of it. So them signing Juju, I could totally see it. Um, I believe Is Mike Mayock still the GM? Uh, yeah, the absolute NFL draft legend himself. You're right, you're right, yes. So he's the same guy who kind of like took a shot on Antonio Brown last year. I could see him kind of doing the same thing with Juju Smith-Schuster and taking one of the Diva Steelers receivers and, you know, just trying to make, you know, maybe he'll run him out of town too and then he'll go to the Bucks and win a Super Bowl with Brown. Who knows? But it's it's really not that far out of the possibility, let's be honest. Um, but yeah, I could see Juju to the Raiders, uh, for fantasy though, probably not the best move. I don't feel, I feel like Juju does, he can't be the wide receiver one. He's got to have somebody else to kind of distract him. He's, he's, I think this last year, the last year or two has kind of proved that he's not a wide receiver one type. He's kind of like Corey Davis in a sense where he's better as a wide receiver two and I don't. I personally wouldn't trust him as a wide receiver. One. Is it me or like? Does Juju Smith Schuster have Nelson Aguilar kind of written all over him? Like, if he goes to Oakland or sorry, Vegas. God dang it! Um, if he goes, if he goes to Vegas, think about it. Like, Aguilar kind of got hated at the end of his career for known for dropping footballs. Juju Smith Schuster is getting hated on because he does it to himself with TikToks. But like, realistically, he can go to. Um, the Oakland Raiders and kind of just have a subtle career and not really be as shamed as he was similar to Aguilar in Philadelphia. I mean, you got to think Philadelphia was one of the most toxic environments. Aguilar comes in and sneakily has a good year. I think you could see the same thing with Juju and he doesn't have to be the wide receiver one because let's be real. The wide receiver one on that team is Darren Waller and true Darren Waller is there to kind of ease off the pressure of 
um, Juju Smith-Schuster, and then you have Henry Ruggs who takes the top off the defense. And so Juju can kind of be the underneath guy, same with Waller, and I think that actually works well for him. I think it kind of revitalizes his career as not somebody who's a massive TikToker unless, again, he does it again. I think the Raiders are a good spot for him. Also the Chargers, although the Chargers could be a bad for his future considering he wants to be in L.A., he wants to be a part of the media, so could he take away from the game of football in his, in his eyes? I think it's possible if he ends up in L.A. And then again with the Pittsburgh Steelers, I don't think it's a bad spot. I don't think it's uh, unlikely that he ends up back in Pittsburgh. I think it could be more of a, a 40-60 chance that he stays versus leaves. I think um, at the end of the day, if Juju leaves, I think it helps Claypool and Johnson. But um, at the end of the day, they're not going to throw 50 times a game like they once did um, at the end of 2020. So don't expect the high numbers that we really saw at the end of 2020. Right. Uh, actually, that brings up another point when you mentioned about being in Vegas and how that's good for Juju and his like personal brand and all that different stuff. This actually brings up another one is I pretty likely I could actually see the Jets. Uh, Juju would go to New York, one of the most well-known cities in the U.S., and he can continue to have his fun and make his little TikTok videos in New York with the Jets, we know the Jets have the cap space to sign pretty much whoever they want. So if they want Juju, they can go out and get Juju. And honestly, I feel if Juju is offered enough, man, he will probably take it in a heartbeat just, just because of the city. I could see it. But this would be basically the end of his career. If he goes to the Jets, his future is basically over. I, I don't see any any way he can have much success in the Jets. I agree with that. Even if he has like 800 yards, like the amount of media that's going to be all over him is like he wants the media attention, obviously, because he's been doing TikToks. He's been on YouTube for a few years. That's something to think about because like Juju Smith-Schuster wants to be a part of the media. But if you want to me, if he wants to win football games again, or not win football games, but like do the best for his football career. In my opinion, I think it's either that you stay in Pittsburgh or you move on to the Raiders. I think that's those are the two likely ones. And the Raiders have been willing to say they're interested in him. And they kind of get their new Aguilar replacement in Juju. Uh, let's move on to the sixth player. Um, and we're kind of getting into the guys that are a little bit more volatile than these top five guys. And this is Corey Davis. Corey Davis had a huge year this year. And it's going to get offered a lot of money. Um, it's going to be uh, interesting to see what team kind of... I don't, I don't want to say overpay. But I think it's a situation where... He was not worth $10 million until this year, and now teams are going to offer him upwards of 12, or $10, $12 million. So what, I mean, Tennessee's an, a wide-open opportunity considering how much separation he was able to get um, in, in most of his routes. I mean, he, had, he was second in the league in average cushion. So he had four, he had four and a half yards in between him and the, and the corner. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely insane. So if he's able to get that in Tennessee, I think it's best for his fantasy career. But ultimately, do you think he stays in Tennessee or do you think he moves on to a team like Baltimore or even like a Green Bay or something like that? Um, Personally, I, I again, I don't feel like the uh, Titans will resign Corey Davis. What I feel like will happen is, let, let me put it this way, in Corey Davis's best interest, it's probably best he stays in Tennessee. I feel like Corey Davis, just like with Juju is not the type of receiver to be a wide receiver one on a team and demand targets. He, again, he's he plays well as a wide receiver two type. In Tennessee, before this year, he, let's face it, 
He was hyped up, but he just wasn't good. But now that you have A.J. Brown there, you have Derrick Henry going for 2,000-yard rushing seasons. You have Ryan Tannehill doing his thing. The focus is not on Corey Davis. So Corey Davis becomes like the third, fourth guy on the offense that you have to worry about because you have to worry about stopping Derrick Henry. You have to worry about A.J. Brown. You have to worry about Tannehill. You have to worry about Jonu Smith or whatever tight end they decide to put out on the field. Corey Davis is not as big of an issue for defenses as A.J. Brown or Derrick Henry is. And I and as far as Corey Davis goes, I feel like that's in his best interest to resign. Do I think that the Titans resign or offer him enough to convince him to stay? I don't think they do, personally. So as far as realistic landing spots, I again, Indianapolis is a place, although I feel like, again, Corey Davis probably won't do super well in Indianapolis. He he needs something more there to distract defenses. Personally, I don't think he's as talented as some people will make him out to be. So basically looking at this list, our top three was Godwin, Robinson, and Galladay. They are wide receiver ones. They can go to whatever team, and as long as they stay healthy, they should be wide receiver ones. I'd say Fuller, Smith, Schuster, and Davis are the ones who are more or less elite wide receiver twos. They can be wide receiver twos, maybe low-end wide receiver ones. But if given the role where they aren't the main focus, they can play very well and be pretty successful. So that's what I look at. Is This is my take on it. Corey Davis should stay in Tennessee, but I don't think Tennessee will offer him enough to convince him to stay in Tennessee. So my guess is he's either going to Indianapolis or, like you mentioned, Baltimore or maybe even Miami. I feel like Miami, like no offense to your team, but it's a it's a real Miami thing to do to sign Corey Davis and expect him to be the wide receiver one. And it's probably not going to pan out. Officially, Sack Attack Fantasy Football has been kicked off the show after that comment. But um, <laughs> anyways, watching another team, if he doesn't move on to Tennessee, I think another team that actually helps him is Washington. I mean, think about what Washington is building right now. They actually are very similar to what Tennessee is. You're going to have Antonio Gibson, who's going to be kind of your workhorse. Um, J.D. McKissick, who's playing second fiddle. I mean, if you have Terry McLaurin as the alpha, you could have Corey Davis actually have a solid campaign as a wide receiver, too. So if there's one thing that he does, um, I think that it is, I think Washington is the second fit for him. Yeah, no, I think that uh, I think that's a pretty decent fit. Uh, I don't know why I haven't picked Washington that much, but I don't know. Just for fantasy, it doesn't seem as good of an option, just considering the QB situation is kind of off, although they still do have the GOAT, Tyler Heineke. Uh, we all know he's going to be the best QB next year for sure, um, but yeah, no, I it no, I agree with that. So, oh, sorry, go Marcus on. Mariota makes a lot of sense as their uh, as, like if they want to bring in like a starting quarterback. I think Marcus Mariota actually makes some sense along with Taylor Heineke if they do move on with Taylor Heineke. But like Corey Davis, to me, if it if he doesn't land in in um, back in Tennessee, I think Washington is kind of a Similar scenario, obviously not as good quarterback play efficiency wise, and obviously not as good. I mean, Anthony Gibson isn't Derek Henry, but it's kind of a similar situation. So I think that's something to keep in mind. True. Next up, Antonio Brown. <laughs> Antonio Brown, one of the uh, most polarizing players in the in the NFL, ended up getting his Super Bowl. Do you think he 
he re-ups it back with the Bucks, or do you think a team is willing to take finally take a chance on him? Um, honestly, after seeing how long it took him to get signed to begin with, personally myself, I don't think teams are really going to take a chance with him. It's not like let me let me put it this way: it's not like he played super well this season, where he's like, oh wow, he's the same Antonio Brown that he was when he played with Pittsburgh. He obviously took a step down. Is he still good and start worthy? Sure. But he's still, again, he's not the same Antonio Brown, the same one that was being the consensus wide receiver one for for forever in fantasy leagues. Again, this this feeds into a narrative that I preach a lot on the podcast and on my page is that players do regress and that certain players get overhyped or overdrafted due to name value. And a few of the guys I mentioned last year to that was David Johnson, Todd Gurley, T.Y. Hilton, and oh, what's what's the other guy's name? We we talked about it before. Oh, uh, Rob Gronkowski to go. Yeah, Rob Gronkowski. That it's name value. They are not the same players as they were in their prime. You're drafting them because you think that they still have it, but in reality, they're different players. So. It's the same deal with Antonio Brown. I feel like the only thing that could happen, we all know the Raiders aren't even going to give him a chance after what happened last year. It's not happening. There's snowball's chance in <laughs> yeah, hell. There's, there's no chance. Um, but yeah, no. Most likely scenario, I'll give it a 90 plus percent chance. Um, Antonio Brown stays in Buck, stays with the Bucks, stays with Brady, stays with Gronk, stays with the entire team there and tries to run it back and get another Super Bowl. Um, it honestly wouldn't be too shocking to me if somehow the Bucks do manage to actually keep both Godwin and Brown. I feel like after winning for probably the first time in like a long time, they may take home down hometown discounts to try and keep the squad together. Yes. Yeah, so, so I think what happens with Tampa Bay, um, obviously I think Chris Godwin returns unless he moves on to the Indianapolis Colts. But I think Antonio Brown, here's the thing with Antonio Brown. You have to think on what teams actually want to take on that like that sort of nutcase and I'm not even trying to be rude to him but like the amount of drama that's around him with like this with um what happened in Oakland or yeah what happened in Oakland Oakland I mean like there's not there's very few teams that were willing to take a chance on him so I think Antonio Brown ends up re-signing in Tampa Bay or he ends up getting CTE again and never plays it down in the NFL again well here's another thing to think of right isn't Vontez perfect in uh, Las Vegas doesn't he, isn't he a Raider? Pretty sure he's in jail right now. Oh wait, that's right. That's Hold right. On. Makes sense. He he's definitely that kind of guy. <laughs> so if you want to move on to the next player, I'm gonna kind of see if Vontaze Perfect is in the uh, is in jail right now. All right. So a player that we've kind of mentioned throughout uh the entire podcast as a guy who could easily be replaced for the Colts, T.Y. Holton. Um, we've put these free agent wide receivers as predictable landing spots for the Colts a lot, and that's mainly because I believe T.Y. Holton will not be re-signed by the Colts. I feel like the Colts are probably going to be looking for something a little better than T.Y. Holton. I don't feel like... Here, here, let me put it this way. The Colts have cap space. They are a team that just came from the wild card. They're good. They got Carson Wentz. They're trying to win. They are not going to re-sign T.Y. Hilton, or or no. They aren't going to drop T.Y. Hilton to then get a lesser player. They're probably going to try and go for a Robinson, a Galladay, a Chris Godwin if they can, 
a Corey Davis. They're probably tr- going to try to get a player better than T.Y. Hilton. I don't feel like he stays there. I feel like a sneaky spot for T.Y. Hilton is the Green Bay Packers. So again, like I've mentioned this before uh, with, what's his name, Will Fuller. Uh, the Packers could use a faster guy, gadget type player who can fill the slot, do jet sweeps, line out of the backfield and run routes, that kind of thing. Uh, T.Y. Houghton kind of fits that mold, but is more of a deeper threat type of guy. He's not as fast or as good with Yak as I believe like Will Fuller would be, or say the next player on our list, uh, Curtis Samuel, who we'll get here to in a moment. Uh, but T.Y. Houghton is somebody, it, it really is a Packers-like signing. It's something that I could really see them doing. Because when they spend money on free agents, it's generally not expensive guys. And it's going to be somebody kind of aging near the end of their career. Uh, this is kind of similar with, uh, you guys probably remember, the defensive player uh, Julius Peppers. This was a one of the few times they spent somewhat decent money on a defensive player. But again, he was aging end of his career but he still played pretty decent you know I, that's something i can get behind i what i will say with ty Hilton is keep in mind the games that carson wentz and deshaun jackson had next to each other in philadelphia while it was only four games and they were he was deshaun jackson was injured for almost all of his campaign in philadelphia he did just get cut and i will say john jackson of the colts makes sense but ty hilton back on the colts actually might help uh, uh might help carson wentz and it might actually help T.Y. Hilton. So that's just something to keep in mind. I think it's a, around a 50-50 on where T.Y. Uh, Hilton either stays or goes. I think the most ideal situation for him, like I said, is the Indianapolis Colts back with them. And it's one of those guys, like, you want to see him only in a Colts uniform. It's one of those players where it's like you attach him to the Colts and you kind of don't want to see him anywhere else. If there is somebody somewhere else he goes, unfortunately, I do think it's a place like Miami. He's kind of a budget Will Fuller, a little older, so he's not as fast. But I think that makes a lot of sense considering he's from Miami, actually went to school in FIU, which is um, in Miami. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, here, we're gonna, next going to talk about one of my favorite players, and I think one of the – like because he's a gadget player, and that is Curtis Samuel, wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. He's a free agent, and when I tell you he's going to fit a lot of teams' offenses, he's going to fit a lot of teams' offenses. And this, it's going to be exciting where he goes because subtly, I think around a lot of the league is going to be interested in this guy. Jacksonville would make a lot of sense with Urban Meyer. If he does that, LaVisca Chenault's value goes down. But I've heard you say this. You want Curtis Samuel in a Green Bay uniform, and why is that? Um, again, though, it's just basically wide receiver fit. If you look around the NFL, there's basically different types of receivers. You have your tall body control types you have the big fast guys you have the slot receivers and then you have guys like Curtis Samuel who are just smaller gadget players who can seem to play anywhere they can play in the slot you can line them out of the backfield you could do little pitches jet sweeps uh tosses you could even if you really wanted to it's not recommended but you could actually use Curtis Samuel as a running back if you wanted to as like a second back to kind of pair with like AJ Dillon in like a two oh, back set. We saw the Panthers do it. Yeah, it's very possible. You can have him run routes out of the backfield against a linebacker mismatch. That's the, that's a mismatch that you're looking for. Um, this is the type of thing that uh, Matt Lafleur would really need to help make his offense even more creative and make the offense even more explosive. 
Now, I could see them signing Will Fuller or, like you mentioned, budget Will Fuller, which is the aging T.Y. Hilton. But out of all of these, my favorite would definitely be Curtis Samuel due to him likely being the cheapest of the three and also probably the most explosive. I personally think T.Y. Hilton will probably be the cheapest of these three just because of his age. But I agree. Curtis Samuel is going to be wanted by a lot of teams in the NFL. And you know what team is going to pursue him the most? That is going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I do think he ultimately signs there. And for LaVisca Chenault, this hurts because LaVisca Chenault is a gadget player. They use him well. But if Curtis Samuel gets back with Urban Meyer in 2015, we saw what he was at Ohio State. They used him as a running back. They used him as a slot wide receiver. More extreme than the Panthers did. So if they're able to use him that way, I think that's going to be huge. And he has the head coach that used him in Ohio State. So I think, to me, Green Bay makes a lot of sense for him. And I think that's actually a really good fit with uh, Matt LaFleur. I do think that Jacksonville might lure him away with Urban Meyer and with the amount of money that they can offer, considering they do have $77 million in cap. True. I'm moving on to uh, now moving on to Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones is an interesting piece because I think he's going to be on a little bit on the cheaper end. He's like getting up there in age. But he wants to play for a winner. What winner do you think? Really, I mean, you can take a little time on this, but like, what winner, what winning team really is the best fit for him? I mean, we've heard the Patriots, the rumored team, but that's not a winning team. We've heard other teams like Jacksonville. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Do you think that the, like, I think maybe the Browns could be a situation if they do decide to move on from Odell Beckham? That could be a case, but what winning team do you think makes the most sense? And do you think maybe Stafford, uh, like the Stafford connection, brings him back to the Rams? Um, yeah, no, it's definitely possible. Uh, there's lots of places Marvin Jones could go. Uh, you did bring up the Patriots. Uh, Marvin Jones just seems like a Patriots type signing. There's just some about it. It's like he he seems destined to be in a Pats uniform almost. Uh, I don't want to see it. Obviously, the team isn't the same, but. It, it could very easily happen. Um, I would like to see him in a Rams uniform, though. I feel like back when the Rams had like their trio of Cup, uh, Cooks, and Watkins, Marvin Jones can slot into that kind of Watkins role that they that they used to have whenever they went to the Super Bowl and had a, an explosive offense. And then Cam Akers can take on that Todd Gurley role and become the lead back in the backfield. I feel like with that and Matthew Stafford who is an infinitely better deep ball passer than Jared Goff, I feel like this is a connection that I would really like to see. Uh, we've already mentioned Indianapolis a bunch of times. We could easily see it happening, but I do not feel like Marvin Jones would help out the Colts near as much as the Rams because the Rams' potential with their offense this year, let's be honest, the Rams did not trade away their draft picks to the Lions to get Matthew Stafford to play it safe and rebuild. They're going for a win now type of approach. So reuniting Marvin Jones with Matthew Stafford makes a ton of sense. I would love to see it happen. Is it likely? I love what you is it, said. Is it yeah. likely? I feel like it's actually pretty decently. Ha there's a decent chance it happens, and I hope it does. Yeah, like honestly, now that I think about it, the way you compare him to Sammy Watkins in the Rams actually makes a lot of sense. And considering Stafford throws the deep ball at a really good rate, comparison uh, compared to uh, Jared Goff, I think that's actually a perfect fit because you don't really want Robert Woods and Cooper Cup to run too far down the field. I think they're better, more so better in the intermediate game, even in jet sweeps, smaller uh, smaller routes like Sean McVay has ran the past few uh, past few years. 
I do think Marvin Jones makes a lot of sense there. If he does decide to go to a winner, I think it's either the Rams or the Browns. I think the Patriots makes a lot of sense. I don't think he's going to be a high, like, I don't think he's going to ever be like the wide receiver too, like that we expected out of him the past few years before injuries come about. But I do think he'll, he'll be a solid wide receiver three for a fantasy team. Now, moving on to one of the more interesting players, and that is Nelson Aguilar. Um, Nelson Aguilar had a career resurgence with the with the uh, Vegas Raiders. And do you think, um, what team do you think, th- he's a really solid slot guy um, that we saw, and he was actually really good at the deep ball. What, um, what team do you think really fits him? Like, considering he's going to be a cheaper option than some of the guys on this list, what team do you think sneakily could grab this guy? Maybe that's over the cap and can barely like swoop in and get him. Outside of maybe the Dolphins, what team do you think really could use a player like that on their team? I know we mentioned this team probably 10 other times, but again, Indianapolis Colts makes a ton of sense. The connection is there with Carson Wentz, with Frank Reich. Uh, we'll see if they actually trust Aguilar after all the drop problems he's had with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. But after playing with the Raiders... I feel like he proved that he still has it left in the tank. He's not super old yet, and he may be having a kind of career resurgence, hopefully. Um, Another thing to consider, Paris Campbell is a good player, but let's be honest. He may be injury prone. It's maybe a little too early to call him that yet, but last two seasons he's he's struggled with injuries, and he hasn't been able to stay on the field. Nelson Aguilar can be that slot receiver that Carson Wentz likes, and that would make a lot of sense in Frank Reich's offense, especially considering they had connections in Philadelphia. Again, it's so easy to just point to the Colts, but really, in any realistic um, scenario, receivers going to Colts is very, very realistic. But if the Colts are looking for a cheaper option, who better than Nelson Aguilar, who they already know? I mean, considering they already know him because Frank Reich um, and Carson Wentz both were with him and actually were the ones who kind of had his big year in the, uh, the Super Bowl year. Nelson Aguilar was a big part of that. People forget, uh, forget to realize that. So I think Nelson Aguilar does make sense there. I don't think there's a, really a team that jumps off the page that the Dolphins make sense or sorry, that the that Nelson Aguilar makes sense with. Obviously, the Dolphins, if they want a cheaper option. Or even some of the teams that are barely over the cap, like maybe the Titans won a Corey Davis replacement, although I don't think that's likely. I think they go with a wide receiver in the draft. Um, but yeah, no, there's really not a, a la- cool landing spot for him. But I do, he is a name to keep in mind because Nelson Aguilar realistically could stay at the wide receiver three that he was and even give you wide receiver, wide receiver two numbers at times, given the right landing spot. Right. And then you wanted to talk a little bit about David Moore. Uh, that's basically the top 11. That's where we're going to say there's like a drop-off of players. Uh, the rest are not nearly as good as I would say the other 11. But you had some interesting uh, things. You wanted to talk about David Moore real quick. So like, go ahead with that. Absolutely. So I do think some honorable mentions on this list are Richard Higgins. I think he signs back with the Browns. Um, and then uh, Larry Fitzgerald, although there's not really to talk about. He's either retiring or staying with the Cardinals. I do think so David Moore is statistically one of the more efficient guys in the NFL. Um, and he actually had a subtly good year. He's a wide receiver three on the Seahawks. I know if, for redraft players, he's not really somebody that you want to keep or that, you're, that you've paid attention to because he wasn't really the most fantasy reliant. But what he was was absolutely consistent. I mean, he only had 7.4 fantasy points per game, had 417 receiving yards, but he was actually really solid. And I think... Given enough, uh, the right circumstance, 
I think he's going to be a solid, uh, solid wide receiver too. So don't be sh- shocked if he goes to a team that needs a wide receiver too for the time being. Almost similar to, um, and, and, although Paul Richardson didn't really end up playing well for Washington, but don't be shocked if if David Moore takes on a wide receiver two spot on either Detroit for a cheap price because Detroit, let's be real, the only wide receiver they have on, under contract right now is Quintez Cephas. So if you're able to, if he's able to at least manage some sort of more targets, I think he could be a really solid option and somebody that you literally could get pennies on the dollar for in a dynasty format and see if that reward breaks out. Do I expect it to? Maybe, but it's not really something that you're really expecting it. But then again, the price that you're paying something that is well worth it for a guy that if he's on a wide, if he's a wide receiver two on a team, he'll be a solid player. I don't think he's going to be a top tier player ever in my in his career, but I do think he'll be a solid player. And that's kind of the rounds out the top twelve for our wide receivers. Right. Um. And yeah, that's pretty much it for the episode. Uh, a few quick notes that I do want to get over is that I do have a very interesting post idea. So for those of you, I don't I don't know if everybody knows this, but I am a big time stock investor. So we're gonna bring we're gonna kind of copy Advocate Style with some of his stock uh, posts, and we're gonna do the next GME, the next GameStop, and I'm gonna highlight a player who I who I feel like could be a potential breakout. So stay tuned for that. That's gonna be coming out probably this next week, and. Uh, is there any last words you want to say before we end off the show? Absolutely. So let's go ahead and do our keyword of the day. Uh, we haven't brought this back in a long time. What do, you, what do you think the keyword should be? And then I'll have a few more sayings before we go. Um, I don't know. Let's just go with GameStop, actually. All right. So if you use if you use the word GameStop at all um, on any of our comments or DM it to us, we will give you a shout out and. Shout out to the podcast coming back together. It's been a while since we've done this. It's been since what December? Yeah, it's, it's been, been it's been like a this. couple months. Uh, when when the NFL playoffs weren't really when the NFL playoffs were going on, sure we could have talked about football, but there really wasn't a lot fantasy wise to talk about because the fa- the fantasy season just got over and there really wasn't many moves being made. But now with free agency about to uh be coming up here soon coaches coaching changes happening all this different stuff we can now speculate make some bold predictions and stuff as it gets closer and closer to the off season yeah, and then in three months we're, we're gonna look like complete idiots so but that's exactly i mean that's what we expect so it's all for fun anyway for, <laughs> exactly that's the point so shout out to the podcast coming back together um if you don't know me i instagram is fantasy football advocate twitter is advocate fantasy and then sack if you want to say yours yeah my instagram's at sack attack underscore fantasy football if you click the link in my bio you can find any other social medias that i have so don't i'm not gonna worry about shouting on any others just check out the instagram you want to find more link in my bio has everything um and that's pretty much it remember keyword gamestop uh, keep an eye out for both of our posts, especially on Instagram. I'm going to have a cool GameStop stock post type idea that I'm going to use for a player. I feel like people will like that, especially the, the stock degenerates like me. Um, Ed, that's pretty much it. Shout out to everybody who comments the keyword. Check us out on Instagram. And if you enjoy the episode at all and you are on Apple Podcasts, please leave 
a five-star rating and review. It means the world to us. Thank you very much, and have a great day. For sure.